Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Good morning, you are listening to 3CR's Spoken Word, and I'm your host, George O'Hara. Today we have a live recording from our Spoken Word fundraiser from the 29th of May at Hares and Hyenas. First up, we have Sandy Jeffs, introduced to us by Ella Fornalska. So, let's have a listen to some live poetry. Right. Good evening and welcome to 3CR Spoken Word. It's nice to say good evening instead of good morning. (laughs) Um, It gives me great pleasure to introduce our first feature reading for this evening, uh, Sandy Jeffs. Sandy was one of my first uh, invited guests onto my monthly spot on Spoken Word and I find her to be uh, a complete advocate, uh, not only for language and poetry, but also for bravery. Uh, Sandy um, is a complete advocate for those living with schizophrenia um, and has no shame in calling herself mad and um, owning that word. Um, And um, I'm going to ask her a question or two. Okay. Sandy. Yes. um, You said that life begins at 40, I remember. Can you expand on that? Uh, Yes, I can. Um, When I was diagnosed with schizophrenia when I was 23, my life came to a crashing halt and I lost all sense of a future and lost my identity. I had no sense of who I was as a person because I had no job to define myself by and I wasn't doing anything because I was just on an invalid pension being crazy. And I um, wrote poetry during that time, during those chronic years. And when I turned 40, I had enough poems for a collection and Susan Hawthorne at Spinifex Press published my first book, Poems from the Madhouse, which Judith Rodriguez launched. Do you remember Judith? You launched it. That's right. Uh, in 1993. Um, and, and when that book was published, my life changed in the most incredible way because suddenly I had an identity which was poet. Not that I go to people, hello, I'm a capital P poet. But I knew in my bones I had my poetry as my uh, offering to the world and that I was a poet and that changed for me my whole life and suddenly I had purpose and meaning and hope in my life. And uh, since then I've written more books and it's been wonderful. Thanks, Sandy. Yeah, so, so that's just really, lovely. That's the power of poetry. And would, yeah. you, would you say that poetry did save you? Um, poetry saved me in the sense that it gave me purpose and meaning and, and, and hope because I, I lost hope completely for my life and uh, it was just awful in those chronic years where I was doing bugger all and lying in bed all day. So it gave me a reason to get out of bed and it gave me... And, and actually what it did also was it made me visible in the world again because I was invisible for so long and suddenly I was visible and that visibility was enough to keep me going and to make me feel good about myself. And that was, you know, to, to be visible is to care to other people and to be seen by other people as a person of consequence because I felt like a person of no consequence for so long. Mm. Yep, so that is amazingly... That's poetry. ...demonstrating the power of poetry. Mm. Yep. Sandy is going to share some of her work in her recent books, which I also have. Thank um, you. So The Mad Poet's Tea Party and Kiara Skura. That's right. So thank you, Sandy. Oh. Please enjoy, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. This, this microphone... 
I've got a cold, so I hope I don't cough my way through this. Uh, I know who gave it to me, and I want to email the person and abuse them big time because I'm so, I've been so sick. Um, <coughs> so I'm sorry about the coughing. Uh, I'm going to read from my first book, um, The Mad Poet's Tea Party, a couple of poems, and then, then I'll read from Chiara Oscuro. But thanks so much for having me too, because no one knows me from a bar of soap. I'm just the most unknown poet. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> anyway, so this first poem is called um, the, mad po the, mad, the Mad Woman in This Poem. And it's got a little quote by Gudrun Hines at the beginning, which goes... Yet how stupendous a psychosis in which God is heard. The mad woman in this poem lives on the 22nd floor of a block of flats, her husband and children gone. Each day she waits for a letter that never comes. Her wrists carry a flurry of scars. Her arms are dotted with cigarette burns. Every day she contemplates jumping. The mad woman in this poem walks the streets reciting Shakespeare and Milton. She shoulders in bus stops and doorways, scrounges through rubbish bins, drinks from discarded beer bottles, begs for money to buy cigarettes and a moment's respite. The mad woman in this poem slumps into a ramshackle chair, hiding herself. Her large, torpid body founders. Her heavy breasts gush a drug-induced lactation. Her body grows with each anti-crazy pill she reluctantly swallows. The mad woman in this poem transfixes in front of the TV, absorbing its many messages. Ellen McBeal is her daughter. Eddie Maguire can read her mind. Ridge and Brooke are talking to her, are going to come in a helicopter, take her to Venice to meet Brad Pitt. The mad woman in this poem lives in a holy grotto, awaiting the pilgrims. She carries the burden of Eve, smells God in the toilet, sees the virgin above the lintel, has given birth to the new Messiah, carries the secret of the holy grail in her heart, was raped by the devil, sees maggots reeling in her stigmata. The mad woman in this poem is sure Beethoven stole the nine symphonies from her cannot walk on the cracks of the pavement, can feel spiders eating her brain, fears her head is about to explode, is going to the firing squad next morning, is a character in a Bruegel painting, is an oracle of the dead. The mad woman in this poem is every woman, is any woman, is a mother, daughter, sister, lover, friend. The mad woman in this poem is me. Um, so clearly she needs medicating and uh, this poem is called Medicated. I was lying in bed one night and I had this thought I was ligactled and suddenly all the names of the drugs that I've taken over the years for my psychosis became verbs and so this is called Medicated and I've been on all these drugs at some stage and still on some, still on some of them. So <coughs> Medicated. Roll up, roll up. Join me on the medication trolley. I've been on it for years. I was ligactled with bitter syrup. I was pimazided and malaruled and numbed. I was so stellazined, I was like a cat on a hot tin roof. I've been modicated into a shuffle and clozapined into a stupor. I was serenaced to drowsiness and abilified to sleeplessness. When I was risperidoned, I lactated like a cow. They cogented me to stop the look-ups, but I kept looking up. 
I was lithiumed and epilimed to even my pendulum. I've been imipramined, prothiodined, lexaprode, effexored, and zolofted to happiness. I was valiumed and atavanned into tranquility. <clears throat> At bedtime, I was mogadoned, still noxed, and to mazapammed to slumberland. Now I'm zyprexed and ravenous and fuzzled. <clears throat> I'm lamotrogened and balanced, and Sarah quelled. Yes, indeedy. I'm medicated and dedicated to the medication trolley. Here's looking at you, pill bottles. Yeah. <laughs> true story, true story. I'd like to read a poem which is my homage to good old La Rundle Psychiatric Hospital. I don't know if you know about La Rundle. It was out in Bandura and it um, was a big madhouse. Had about 800 patients when I was there in the 80s and early 90s. And, of course, it's gone now. It's, um, it's in ruins, actually. And there's actually a... a, a there's a... Sorry? There's a housing estate and a, and a shopping um, precinct as well, so it's quite interesting how it's all changed. Uh, the poem is called Alice in La Rundle Land. And it's called that because in 1979, there was a pantomime performed at La Rundle um, by staff. The staff performed the pantomime. There was a, in one of the south wards, there was actually a, a, a stage and a hall. And um, the, it was written by Len Blair, who was the uh, chaplain at the time, and, and he called the pantomime Alice in La Rundle Land. It's fabulous. I've actually got a recording of it at home. Someone made a DVD from the video for me. To, and I see there's all these doctors who treated me singing and dancing at this pantomime. It's extraordinary. It's very strange. It's very bizarre. It could only happen in a place like La Rundle. <coughs> so, <coughs> Alice in La Rundle land. <coughs> My homage to La Rundle. Alice fell down a rabbit hole and landed in topsy-turvy La Rundle land. Locked up. Captive to lunacy and a passing parade of mad hatters and march hares, eccentrics and musos and artists and a poet or two, and ordinary folk with the deepest sorrows and inconceivable lunacy, sharing delusions like needles, voices babbling in the background. ECT before breakfast, stelazine for lunch, prothiodin for dinner, Malarol at supper time, and to bed with a hallucination and a moggy. A place full of hunger, hunger for kindness, friendship, love. A curious, secluded world, its dark side kept well hidden. Shadow-haunted inmates longing for peace with themselves, no one knowing the wars that raged within, or the deep pain wedged between spirit and flesh, destroying lives. Friends and family picking up the pieces. La Rundle lands red brick walls now rubble. Windows shattered. Graffiti telling another story. A playground for, for vandals and urban explorers. Once peaceful gardens dismembered. Sombre ghosts roam the precinct, calling us to remember them. We will remember you, sitting in smoky rooms, crying alone, laughing with deranged angels, muddled and paranoid, chaotic and manic, anarchic and confused, prisoners stalking locked wards, keys jangling, <clears throat> medication trolleys rumbling into melancholic rooms, and the humour, the blacker-than-black humour, the cut-through-all-the-crap-and-misery humour. 
you will not be forgotten. We shall erect a monument to commemorate all who pass through Larundel land. We will remember the, the bottomless pit of... Oh, sorry. We will remember the hellhole and sanctuary, the bottomless pit of despair, unexpected place of healing. Alice landed on her head in upside-down Larundel land, the madhouse that once stood on the edge of town where time dawdled and everyone hid in the shadows. Um, we had Occupy Wall Street. This is Occupy My Mind. And a little quote to begin it. The loneliest thing I know is my own mind at play. My mind is occupied by commies, anarchists, socialists, feminists, greenies, liberals, Nazis, fascist, republicans, monarchists, unionists, economic rationalists, tyrants, dictators and despots. There were thieves, con men, delinquents, murderers, rapists and other crims in there too. It is occupied by Jesus, Judas, God, Satan, Tweedledum and Tweedledee. My mind is a full house. I've hung out the no vacancy sign. My mind is overflowing, full to the brim, chock-a-block, filled up the pussy's bow with the weightiness of being. My mind is a dangerous place, an ock health and safety nightmare. Put on protective clothing and stand clear because my mind is occupied by a suicide bomber and is about to explode. <laughs> Poems from Chiaroscuro, a, a very short one. Uh, I tick a lot of the marginalised boxes of, that we have around in this society. So this, this, is a, this is my poem about being marginalised. It's called Calling Dr Phil. I've been diagnosed with a serious case of normality. My shrink says I'm a hopeless case. She's given me anti-normality medication, but it doesn't cure the condition. So I called Dr Phil... He suggested I try CAT, Cognitive Abnormalising Therapy, or better still, become an unemployed, mad, lesbian poet. <laughs> um, a poem about being a poem, uh, and, and social media. It's called This Poem. This poem is not generated by a computer. This poem is not a mission statement. This poem is not a Murdoch editorial. This poem is not a polemic. This poem is not an ideology. This poem is not artificially intelligent. This poem is not an advertisement. This poem is not an endorsement. This poem is not a product. This poem is not a celebrity. This poem is not famous. This poem has no Facebook friends. This poem has no Facebook likes. This poem cannot be Googled. This poem is not a blog. This poem is not a tweet. This poem is not trending. This poem is not spam. This poem is not music. This poem may not even be a poem. <laughs> this poem is a million billion pulsating synapses and neurotransmitters squirting chemicals across synaptic clefts, stimulating and activating electrical activity. 
This poem is the beautiful neural choreography of a brain which is more powerful than all the computers on the internet put together times a hundred. This poem is an explosion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and one more poem. I'm sorry about my voice. Very strong. Mm. I'm dying. I'm dying. Um, oh, my mind is. Um, this is now. This is from. Um, <laughs> on the mind. <coughs> This is from a, um, a, a sequence called Ferlinghetti, a 4am rant. And this is my rant against capitalism and the market. Sure. There you go. I think I'm in good company here, so it's just, this'll, I think this will be okay. It's called War and Peace. The best and brightest minds are not writing War and Peace. They're writing algorithms for the stock market and reading about the virtues of selfishness by the goddess of the market. I don't know why capitalism is so smug Robot traders work in speed of light time, making or losing billions in nanoseconds. The glitch of an algorithm can bring down an economy. An algorithm has no conscience. Capitalism is economic narcissism without a foil. Its mantra is work, buy, consume, die. It's a lawless market where the price is never right. Come on down. The mega showcase and Larry's pearly whites await you at the end of the universe. Come on down. Ka-ching, we're all winners. Ka-ching, ka-ching, winners are grinners. Work, buy, consume, die. Come on down because you're worth it. The market is God. We sacrifice the poor to appease it. The market is guilty of gluttony. It's a cuckoo's nest. I'm flying over it on paper wings, tossing palms into the air, watching them flutter over ground zero like paper rain, saying that people united will never be defeated. Comrades, the revolution will come as a reality TV show. They'll be looking for the working class hero with the Che Guevara X Factor. John and Yoko will make a guest appearance, singing Give Peace a Chance. Come on down, work. Buy, consume, die. Thank you. You are listening to 3CR's Spoken Words live recording of their fundraiser on the 29th of May at Hares and Hyenas. Next up, we have Peter Bukowski, introduced to us by our very own Peter Davis. So let's have a listen to the Peter. Thank you very much, everyone. Our 3CR show has a, a radiothon target each year. Um, our target this year is to raise $1,200. And, and thanks to your generosity tonight, um, we've reached over the $600 mark. So thank you very much. In 1994, I produced my first uh, poetry radio show at 3CR. My very first guest on the show was Peter Bukowski, and I remember Peter coming into the studio with great patience as the real spool flew off the tape for about the third time, <laughs> but we finally got there, and was very impressed with um, his poetry, as we've all been, his ability to write about love and loneliness, and I remember that same day a, a tender poem about the weariness of a factory worker and Peter's 
gone on with his constant practice and, and love of his art, I remember that day he also described his practice that he used to write every day for a couple of hours in his garden backyard shed and he typed slowly with one finger and that slow typing with one finger has, has taken Peter to ten books to writers residencies all around the world his most personal book is um, per, recent book is Personal Weather and he's been a winner of the Victorian Premier's Award and I'd just like to finish by saying to check out his blog which is bukowskipoetrynews.blogspot.com.au and welcome please Peter Bukowski. Thank you. The first poem is about the uh, multiplicity of events in a city. So today for some person it might be the best day of their life and for someone else in the same city of Melbourne it could be the worst day of their life. So this poem's called Days That We Couldn't Rehearse. Someone's cleaning a window. Someone's cleaning a gun. Someone's walking a dog. Someone's walking a tightrope. Someone's throwing a horseshoe. Someone's throwing a punch. Someone's leaving his wife and children. Someone wakes to a scrawled note. Someone gossips. Someone can hardly speak. Someone wants to open all the windows. Someone wants to crawl under the bed. Someone loosens the cork in a bottle. Someone tightens a noose. Someone's reading a children's story. Someone's reading a will. What we can't fathom, accept or resolve leaves us dwindling in rooms or still searching. We look into mirrors, dictionaries and the bottom of drinks. Note the flight of birds and pages from the calendar, the other people in the world gathering wounds or momentum. We reach for an atlas, a key on the piano, a photo of someone who's gone, sometimes forgiving ourselves, sometimes not. We keep diaries or bees, do harm or cartwheels, And our days end in honesty or blindness. Days that we couldn't rehearse. This one's called New York Scenes. In the park... A girl is writing in her diary. She's writing about the boy who switched off all the lights in her heart. Love is a plane on fire. Sometimes you feel you need two mouths to explain your mistakes. I walk out of I watch her walk out of the park back into her unsold life. None of us would eat 
in a restaurant as dark as our thinking. I see old men, the trial of each limb as they shudder along the pavement. Palely they sit in cafes. Only time mutters with them as they try to anchor the day with coffee. The taxi driver tells you that life is hurt and knowledge, hurt and knowledge. You're not sure whether to give him a tip. You tell him the mind's just an elevator. It takes you up and down all your doubts. Back in the apartment, I lie on the couch and listen to some jazz. The instruments saying, time is just rain we cup in our hands. Between the real and our intentions lie our regrets. Uh, this poem's about uh, creativity. Um, I've got a lot of artistic heroes, um, and I'm interested in the creative versus the destructive. The artist. Art is a knife sharpened on questions. We shall use it to cut all puppet strings, to sever the chicken head of your thinking. We have invented new instruments, the thorned piano, the bleeding drum kit, the xylophone of bees. We write our poems hanging upside down from the trapeze of insomnia. We have thrown all of Hollywood's happy endings into a padded cell. We believe in only one science, the science of anything. We believe in democracy only in the buying of drinks. We admire the Eskimo, the Aboriginal, the Hermit, who also laughs at alarm clocks and fences, who also admire the book of the sky. In this life, sadness is a house without windows. Beauty is only a raft. It doesn't rain umbrellas. Bullets don't dawdle. It's not only waterfalls that suicide. We are glass gazelles. We are glass gazelles. Risk will ready us for art, but nothing will ready us for life. Some of us will be found floating in the red wish of bathtubs, severed from aloneness and the scolding heart. Some of us us will be found on country back roads, crushed in gleaming cars. No more IOUs to luck and health. A scarecrow watches our blood sign the grass. Some of us will go gently in book snug rooms where we trawled years and words for their gleaming. And the truth of us you will find in our obsessions and our art as we fall headlong into time.
Sometimes I write ultra-short poems. They have a little title, which is a frame for the poem. This one's called Orgasm. Over the waterfall in our boat of skin. There's another ultra short one. The title again, which is a frame for the poem. Bath plug. A way to edit water. <laughs> You have been listening to 3CR's on-air spoken word fundraiser at Hares and Hyenas and a live recording from the 29th of May. For more information about the poetry scene, don't forget to check out www.melbournespokenword.com for more information and gigs where you can have an open mic or even get a feature if you smooge. So until next time, this is George O'Hara for Melbourne's Spoken Word. Thank you.